Welcome everyone to the Dynamo Abroad podcast, where we talk about anything and everything Dynamo Kiev related. Joining me on today's podcast, as usual, is Dima. How's it going, Dima? Uh, good evening to you guys. Um, more like good afternoon, to be honest. For me, it's good evening. But yeah, how are you guys doing? Not, I'm not doing too bad. And also, as usual, we got Eric. How's it going, Eric? Fantastic. Always a great day when we have a podcast lined up. Always a great day. Uh, so we start off today's show with some transfer rumors. Uh, and not often you hear Dynamo linked to uh, other Ukrainian Premier League clubs players. Um, so today's uh, or this week's recent rumors are Vladislav Kocherhin from Zorya Luhansk. Um, attacking midfielder could also play out on the wing. And Nipro Odin's winger, uh, Nazarenko. I believe it's Alexander Nazarenko. Uh, Dima, what can you tell us about Kocherkin? Do you think this is a signing that could help out Dynamo? You know, I do think um, Kocherkin is a is a quality player. Uh, you know, he's one of Zoria Luhansk's uh, better players. Uh, he's been he's actually been linked with a with a move for quite a while now. I think, but to Dynamo, you know, I'm not sure because. Like you said, he's an attacking midfielder primarily, but he can also play on the wing. But I'm not sure, well, I'm pretty sure that he's not good enough to, you know, start over Bujalski at attacking midfield. But I also don't think that he's going to be challenging for um, for a place on the wing, or at least I don't think he's going to be starting on the wing in, over Vierbic, De Pena or Rodriguez. But you know, it would be a, it. It would probably be a good signing in terms of him being a quality player, but for him, you know, it's probably not the best for his development because I don't think we can guarantee him, um, you know, con- con- constant playing time. You know, in the starting lineup, uh, be it on the wing or in through the middle. But you know, we'll have to wait and see because we've been hearing about. Luchesco and Surkis wanting to sign more UPL players in the future, but you know, like I said, pro- good quality player, but I'm not. I'm not entirely convinced that he's the right person to sign, um, and that we're the right team for him as well. Definitely one to look out for as we get into January, as the year winds down, and we're getting to the January transfer window. Now, the other player we're linked with is Eskanipro Odin's winger Alexander Nazarenko. And Eric, uh, what kind of signing would this be for Dynamo? Is this something that would make Dynamo better, do you think? I mean, really between the two of these. Yeah, I mean, I think that he would be a signing for the future. I do think that he would be um, someone that could eventually slot into our team on the right wing. I mean, we... So we have... Sehankov and Tsitsaishvili right now who can both play on that side. I mean, Lednev can technically too, but I prefer him as more of a number 10. So assuming that we offload Sehankov, which hopefully we do, um, I I wouldn't mind adding him to the right wing. I mean, I'm a bigger fan of Kocherhin, but um, eh, yeah, I I do think it would be a good signing, but um, I think we would need to offload Sahankov first and then I don't know you know maybe he could potentially be battling with 
Um, Sitaishvili for a role on the right winger or on the right wing, but I mean, they're different players. Sitaishvili is left-footed, likes to cut in like an inverted winger, whereas um, Nazarenko is is a true winger. Um, so, you know, may result in some uh, tactical modifications based upon how we play now. But um, But yeah, I mean, I do think that he would be I do think that he would be a decent signing and, and has a lot more room to grow. Just uh, took a quick look at uh, Nazarenko's stats this year. Uh, so far in the year, he has played nine times in the Ukrainian Premier League and has added three goals, but zero assists. And in the Ukrainian Cup, he has added two goals in two games, but again, zero assists. And on to Kocherhin at Zoria. Uh, so far this year, he has played... Uh, 10 games with five goals and three assists in the league and in the cup, excuse me, in the Europa League, because Zoria haven't played in the cup yet. He has uh, four games in the Europa League and one goal. Uh, now, Eric, I want to go back to you for our next topic. Uh, kind of not really pleasant news of Vitaly Bujalski. Uh, unfortunately, he'll be missing until the end of the calendar year. Uh, what happened there with Bujalski? I mean, this is... This is a kind of a big loss. Um, I mean, I hate to say, I mean, I don't want to make it sound like we're dependent upon anyone, but I mean, Bujalski this season has, has been tremendous, um, you know, both in output as well as involvement into attacking buildup. Um, you know, this loss, I take a look at the number 10 role and kind of to go back to Kocherhin, you know, right now he plays as, I mean, he's not really a winger, but he plays as a wide midfielder really I mean uh, Zoria and the league have played mostly like a 4-4-1-1 where he plays out wide although he can also play as um, an attacking midfielder potentially in that number 10 role uh, my point being is with Bujalski out now I mean I don't know what's going on with Duelund um, I mean I know he was injured he's had some injury problems and he had COVID but I mean that hasn't been he was signed in I think August of 2018 so he's been here for a while and I mean, I know that there's some things that have that I've heard rumblings behind the scenes, um, but and you know what? Maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but how, was it Duellund that injured him in, in practice or was that someone else? No, I think Duellund injured Kostevich. I think it was uh, Garmash that injured, um, what's his name? Bujalski. Oh, of, well, of, of course, the sky's also blue. Um, well, yeah, so, you know, and, and maybe it's things like that why we haven't seen Duelun. But anyways, the point that I'm trying to get to is with Bujalski out now, I, I really don't know who can effectively slot into that number 10 role. Um, it, it really is a big loss. I mean, I know Shepeliev, the king of the sideways and backwards passes, has been put up there. And even though he's been decent as of recent uh, matches, I really prefer him to be in the double pivot role, sitting back a little bit further, either as a box to box or um, even as a little bit more of a defensive minded uh, playmaker or a ball winning midfielder. I don't think that he has the creative capacity to be a number 10. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this one does trouble me a little bit. I mean, thankfully, the end of the season is or not the end of the season, but the end of the year is coming up where we'll have a nice long winter break for the Ukrainian league. Um, but, but yeah, the, you know, this one, especially when we have a huge match coming up against Ferenc Varos, um, he's someone that I really would have liked to have had in, in the lineup, um, especially as he contributed, I think he assisted the second goal that we scored against, 
Fennish uh, Vados the last time we played. So, um, yeah, unfortunate loss. And, 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 and again, you know, big loss because I, I'm not convinced that we have a, a good enough backup that can slot into that uh, number 10 role in, a, in, a, in the 4 2 3 1 that, that we like to play domestically. Maybe some more minutes coming up for uh, Bogdan Lenyev, hopefully, then, uh, due to Bujalski's injury. Uh, now, on to the youth teams. Uh, Dima, how did our youth teams get on this past weekend? Well, first of all, I'm happy to report that all the youth teams won all their games over the past week. So, in the first match, about six days ago, obviously at the time of recording, it was Dynamo Vorskla under 21. So, there's not really much to talk about in the first half. You know, Dynamo had a few good chances, but just couldn't find them there. Um, the Vorska keeper was standing, was having a good game. Um, now, the second half, that's that's where things got interesting. So, Vorska, after the 50th minute, they found the back of the net. It was pretty much a routine cross into the box um, from out wide. Uh, and it was just a header that went in. And I think probably the defender on the striker and the goalkeeper could have done better, but their lead didn't last for long when it's the 52nd minute. It was, uh, I think it was Vanad who produced a good pass um, through ball to Tsitaishvili. Uh, he carried the ball forward into the box and he equalised with a good finish. Um, so that was 1-1. Ten minutes later, so 62nd minute, Tsitaishvili uh, again hits a good free kick, uh, just about saved. Um, then Skorko gets on the rebound. That was also saved. But there was Bodnia who finally managed to find the back of the net uh, after, his re- after that rebound. And he put uh, Dynamo ahead. Uh, then 71st minute, Skorko, he was judged to have pushed um, or fouled even uh, the opponent in the box. And they got a penalty. Uh, they, took their, they took their chance, scored the penalty. Yeah, it was a good penalty. Neshariat couldn't have done much. And yeah, they went level. Um, now, 87th minute. Sitoishvili with a brilliant through ball. You know, he took the whole defense completely out of the picture. Uh, you know, it was looking like it was going to be a draw, but there was that brilliant pass into the box. Um, Sukharuchko uh, got on the end of the pass and scored, uh, won the game for Dynamo. So, yeah, 3 2. Um, now, the next match uh, on the same day as the um, Dynamo Vorskla senior match. It was a Dynamo Vorskla under 19s. So it wasn't a match that was, I'd say, as interesting as the under 21s. Um, not as many goals, of, of course. Um, so there's not really too much to talk about. Um, 36th minute, uh, Voloshin, he does well to receive a pass in the box, showed good technique, was slightly deflected as well. Um, he cuts back with actually a back heel and Tsarenko scores uh, with a good finish uh, to make it 1-0 to Dynamo. Uh, now, 48th minute, now in the second half, Voloshin again, you know, he takes showed great skill to take the ball past 
several opponents. Uh, squared it to Gurula Popov, who I think he actually slightly scuffed his shot, but he literally just about found the back of the net, made it 2-0 and wrapped up the win. Uh, actually, I just wanted to mention, you know, about Kirilla Popov, that's, this definitely isn't the first time um, I've seen him score goals like that, where it's sort of scuffed um, and then maybe you could say awkward. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I'd say it's probably good uh, improvisation from him. Um, now, next match, I think this was, yeah, so this was just one day ago. Again, of course, at uh, the time of recording. So this was Dynamo Alexandria under-19s again. Uh, 25th minute, uh, the Alexandria defender with a pretty poor giveaway in the box. Um, and Tsarenko intercepted the pass and he got fouled by that same defender. Um, Dynamo got a penalty. Um, Voloshin took the penalty. He had it saved. He didn't hit it that cleanly, but he managed to score the rebound. So, yeah, 1-0. One, one and literally three minutes later, I think it was Jacek. So, Alexandria, initially, they got a free kick. Um, it was headed away, but then Jacek did really well to intercept the ball um, from Alexandria and um, passes it forward to Voloshin, who went on a great run. You know, he was well inside his own half. Um, and he ran pretty much straight into the box um, from inside his own half and passed it to Bliznichenka. Um, you know, he cut back to Bliznichenka and he managed to find the back of the net. Um, to make it 2-0. Uh, good finish from the edge of the box, uh, straight into the top corner. And then 66th minute, uh, if the game wasn't over already, um, cross into the box from out wide, uh, Serenko finds the back of the net. 3-0 uh, is a pretty original finish. I, I can't remember exactly, but I think it was actually a back heel. Um, but yeah, uh, Dinamo probably could have had more um, in this game. And um, yeah, it's good to report that, you know, like I already said, it's great to um, have all the youth teams doing well. And yeah, that's that's it from me about the youth teams. Good results all around from the youngsters there. Uh, before we wrap up the news section, I just want to mention this real quick. Uh, our Dinamo loan E François. Uh, the Spanish striker who is currently on loan at uh, Tenerife, which is in uh, the second division of Spanish football. He scored, uh, I believe yesterday, he scored in yesterday's game for Tenerife. So good to see him uh, starting to come back into hopefully some kind of form, hopefully rebuild his career a little bit after his spell in Dinamo. Now, moving on to the games that Dinamo most recently played. Uh, we start with Saturday's fixture against Vorsklav Poltava, where Dynamo won 2-0, and they remain top of the Ukrainian Premier League. Uh, goals from Tsehankov and Verbich gave Dynamo the 2-0 win. Now, uh, Eric, uh, what were your thoughts on how Dynamo played against Vorsklav? If I didn't know any better, I would say that Verbich listened to my critiques and criticism uh, on the podcast last week because he looked like the Verbich of the past two seasons. Um, I thought he was very unselfish, made well on his chances, but moving on from just a player and focusing on the entire match performance and how everything went, um, 
again, first goal uh, was really nice play from, uh, I believe it was Popov who played the through ball in um, and uh, Vedovic took it, uh, squared it over just like a, a low, uh, I can't even say it was a low cross, but basically just passed it back across the box and Tsankov uh, had a had a tap in. So really nice, unselfish play from from Verbich there. And then um, the second goal, he made a really nice run to the near post, started off um, just kind of running in the middle of the box and then uh, made a nice run after uh, Debena played a, a hard low cross in. Um, you know, their... Uh, that defender for Vorskla, Ndiaye, I think his name is, who's like two meters tall, six foot eight. Um, not, not, not a very good defender. I mean, he's pretty much all height and nothing else. Um, but um, Verbich made a really nice run again, tapped it in, um, was good to see. Um, I mean, besides that, there was a chance uh, – I believe it was Stepanyuk who had a shot that Bouchon saved. But I mean, besides that, they really didn't trouble us a whole lot. Um, I thought that we did a nice job of nullifying the threat on their wings where they have some pacey wingers, um, you know, for the team that's con- that had previously conceded the fewest goals in the Ukrainian Premier League up until this point. Um, I thought that we did a really nice job of pretty much rendering them uh, – Null for for the whole match, for lack of a better term. Um, probably could have scored more. Uh, Eric, uh, kind of cut out for a sec. Could you repeat that if possible? Eric? Oh. Uh, so kick save that oh, Eric, the Borska player made on uh, on Shaparenko. Um, and then, I mean, really the only other thing was the Zabarni uh, red card. Um, you know, fell backwards, momentum carrying him back, foot went up in the air and uh, caught Stepanyuk in what uh, TSN Pro Sport uh, called his Zona Fabergé. Um, so his uh, Fabergé eggs, which I laughed at, but um, obviously, hopefully everything's okay with them. Um, but um, but yeah, really unlucky red card. And the thing was, too, is right before that, Stepanyuk was offside, but somehow, I guess I shouldn't say somehow, um, Manzul didn't catch it, which I shouldn't really say surprises me. Um, but, um, but yeah, so he got red carded, which never should have been a red card to begin with. And... Um, and yeah, I mean, that was pretty much it. Um, I, I thought that it was an, an overall solid performance. Would have liked to have seen us finish up a few more chances and beat them by more. But um, overall, I, I was pleased with it. I thought that we I thought that we played a, a solid match all around. Dima, do you have anything to add on uh, Dinamo's performances against uh, Vors- Vorska? You know, I think everything's pretty much been said already. Uh, I think it was a good game, uh, particularly the first half. Uh, I thought it was a good tempo throughout. Uh, you know, the early goal, you know, at last we got an early goal against a, against a decent side. Um, you know, it really helped um, for that goal. Um, it was a good, it was a good build-up. Um, uh, great play by Vierbic. Um, good finish, simple finish, I guess. Um, I think... We could have had. I think that we could have had a penalty. Um, it was a push on Sigankov. Uh, you know, wouldn't in the end does didn't didn't wouldn't have um, changed the outcome. But you know, 
uh, more Ukrainian refereeing. Um, then we had a disallowed goal. Um, yeah, it was offside. Can't really complain too much. Um, and a thing I noticed was there was really good pressing, um, particularly in the opposition half. Um, it was really throughout the match. Now, even at the end, when most players you'd expect to be really tired, but we kept pressing. Uh, then I think, I think about 30, 35 or 36 minutes, um, we find the back of the net again. Uh, Vjerbic uh, assisted the second goal, uh, the first goal, sorry. Um, yeah, uh, scored the second. Uh, yeah, uh, we took the, in the first half, we pretty much took their defence apart. Uh, weren't giving them any space to run onto. Uh, they weren't really getting a chance at all in, in the attack. Um, Bushan had nothing to do. Um, but yeah, uh, one one thing I noticed in the first half, there, there was really some good passing from out the back um, from the defence. You know, Popov, like Eric mentioned, started the attack for the second goal. Um, and there was there were really nice combinations in attack as well, which is good to see. Um, second half, I'd say in, if in the first half we had total control of the game, I think in the second we, we kind of lost that total control. Um, but yeah, we were still a better team. Uh, they weren't creating anything. Um, Shaparenka, I think he had a good chance cleared off the line. Um, or was it saved? I can't remember. Um, but yeah, it was. there were multiple instances of... Um, Dynamo players, shots being cleared, saved, um, whatever. So, yeah, it was good defending and goalkeeping from Vorskla in the second half. Um, two pretty notable substitutions. Um, Garmash came on and um, Lednev came on. So, Lednev, I think, was actually solid. He had literally three, three moments when he probably on another day would have scored. So, he had a great, uh, great free kick, um, cleared off the line. Good, good thinking by Vorsler to put a man um, in goal along with the goalkeeper, a defender. And yeah, two other shots um, pretty much uh, a few metres away from goal. Again, good defending and luck. You can't say it was a bad miss because it wasn't really his fault. Garmash, on the other hand, I'd say the complete opposite. If... Lidnev had a solid game, then Garmash was a pretty unsuccessful substitution. You know, Vorskla's only shot on target, I think it was Stepanyuk. Um, it came from Garmash losing the ball, actually. Um, he didn't actually make an attempt to correct his mistake either, which I wasn't really, um, really impressed with. Yeah, um, the next thing was that red card. You know, I don't think it, it wasn't intentional. It looked like he slipped and, you know, Zabarne, he's a, he's a good guy. He wouldn't, he wouldn't do something like that on purpose. And, you know, like it's already been mentioned, you know, there was a clear offside. That shouldn't have been a red card, but yeah, now we've got a player suspended um, for our next match. And um, the rest of the substitutions didn't really do much, or at least I didn't notice them too much. Um, there was there was just one moment that I wanted to mention, Garmash. It was pretty much completely near the end. He 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 was going to receive a pass um, from a defender, 
and he was completely asleep, like just completely just sleepwalking, um, looking down at his feet. And the ball just went straight past him. You know, I think it was one of the coaches that was just screaming, you know, Garmash, where are you? And yeah, it was just it was just something extraordinary. I've never seen something like that before, or at least I can't remember anything like that. But yeah, not a not a great performance from Garmash. Um, if I was going to single a, um, a player out who didn't have the best of games, but yeah, look overall, uh, big two 0 win. Um, you know, we didn't really give them a chance. I remember before the game, it was being, you know, people were predicting the game to be really close. But yeah, we didn't give them a chance. They had hardly, they they made you know pretty much no good attacks. Um, their only shot was. Um, shot on target was a Dynamo player's mistake and yeah you know that this could be a big win um, at the end of the season for us on a day where Dynamo get three points and a shutout uh, we move on to the ratings uh, so we'll start with Eric uh, how would you rate our goalkeeper Bushan on the day Bouchon, I mean, wasn't really tested for the match. Um, I mean, as you know, Dima just mentioned, I mean, re- there was really one chance that um, Stepanyuk for Vorskola had a shot on him that he managed to save. But I mean, besides that, he, he really didn't have too much to do. Um, but again, when he was called into, a- into action, he-, he did make a nice save. Um, I don't know, I guess maybe I'd give him a um, I guess I'd probably give him a seven. And Dima, how would you rate uh, the right back Kilnzora on the day? Kilnzora, um, you know, he was a, up a pretty, I think he was up against a pretty pacey um, player on the wing in Yakubu. But, you know, he didn't give him a chance. Uh, he was when he had to defend, which wasn't a lot of the time, he was quite good. Um, he helped out getting forward. Um, you know, pretty good performance from him. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have to go with a seven. And uh, the first center back is Abadani. I would probably be with you guys. He had a good game, didn't really make any mistakes, but also wasn't called upon too much. That got the red card, though. So I think I'll just probably go with a five, maybe five and a half, just because of. Uh, the red card. Uh, and Eric, how do you rate Popov? How do you rate Popov's game? Uh, Popov, I would give a seven as well, not because I can't think of anything original, but um, in all seriousness, I mean, I thought he had a solid match. I thought that, you know, there were times where he was called into action against some of those wingers, uh, Kane and Yakubu, um, had a nice tackle on one of them. I forget which one and, and should have gotten a goal kick, but they gave a corner. Um, I think, I don't remember if it was the first or the second goal or both. I think definitely the first one, he played the through ball that Verovich got to and then assisted Sahankov. Um, he, overall, I thought he was solid. He still has these moments that, not to go into the Juve match, but you know, I'll bring up about the Juve matches. He still has these moments where, um, like he, he's a decent passer of the ball, but it's almost like he changes his mind between a pass and a clearance. And what ends up happening is he overcooks the pass and then it gets intercepted by the team, by the opposing team. So I saw this, um, I think it was just a couple times in this match where he gave the ball away in those kinds of instances. So still needs to work on his decision-making a little bit, 
Um, but um, but but overall, I, I was fairly pleased with, um, like I said, helping to initiate attacks as well as his contributions defensively. And Dima, what? How do you rate Mikolenko? Mikolenko, uh, you know, he's known for you know being an active presence down the left wing. I don't think he was as active as as usual, but at the same time, he was helping out in attack. If you know, even if it wasn't as much as we'd like, uh, we finally got him at left back um, instead of at centre back. Then Karavaiva left back. That's a whole different story. Um, yeah, he wasn't tested too much defensively once again, but he did well against Kanet, I think, on a few occasions. Uh, I think he blocked him off a few times, made made a few good challenges, uh, which, of course, went his way. Uh, yeah, good performance. I'm going to go... If Kinjora was a seven, I'd, yeah, I'd have to go with a seven as well. Did nothing wrong uh, with these was pretty solid in defense, helped out an attack. Yeah, seven. Now onto the midfield. We'll start with uh, Alexander Andreevsky. Probably another one. Had a good game, really didn't make any mistakes. Uh, I'd probably go with you you guys. With, uh, what seems to be the popular rating, I would just go simple with a seven. Now, Eric, uh, what do you think of Shapelyev? What would you rate him? Uh, oh, I was preparing for Shaparenko. Um, Shapelyev... Um, I mean, God, now I'm totally blanking. I mean, I thought he was okay. He got, I think he got subbed off like around the 60th or so minute. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember. I don't really have many notes on him, and I don't remember him really doing a whole lot. I mean, as I mentioned previously, I just don't think that that's a role that he's suited for. I don't think that he has the um, the creativity needed for that number ten role. So. I mean, you guys can feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but I'd probably give him like a a six or a six and a half. I mean, from what I remember, I, I don't remember him doing a whole lot. Yeah, no, I think that I think that's pretty fair. Uh, Dima, on to Shaparenko. Sorry, I was on mute. Um, Shaparenko, yeah, it was a good performance from him. He was like. Uh, once again, a player now in his in his uh, proper position, uh, central midfield. Yeah, he was like he was like our engine um, in this game and in midfield. Um, good passes for our. Um, I think it, I, I might be wrong here, but that the penalty goal which got disallowed. I think that was his assist, but yeah, I'm not too sure. But yeah, um, he was pretty creative. Uh, did nothing wrong. Um, intercepted a few. Uh, made a few good interceptions. Uh, like I said, re- really active. Um, showed great energy. I'll give Shaparenka, do you know what, eight. I'll give him an eight. And now going on to the front three on the right, we had, starting with Zahankov on the right, uh, who also captained the team on the day, chipped in with a goal. Uh, just, I think, another good performance from Zahankov. Uh, I'd probably go with an eight. Go, got the goal. Was very active. Uh, and on to Eric, what did you think of Depena? Uh, Depena, I would say probably again around an eight. I thought that he was very lively. Um, I thought that uh, he, so his goal was disallowed. And it was actually kind of funny because when they were showing the replays, they kept showing the pass that was made. Um, and, and Dima, you were correct. It was uh, Shaparenko who, who assisted. And, and they kept showing a pass that was made. Um, 
to Sheparenko and judging if it was offsides or not, when he was clearly onside, it was the play before that where it was played to, um, I believe, Verbich that was offside that started that attacking sequence, which is why it was ruled out. Um, however, I mean, it was a nice shot, probably one that the keeper should have been a, should have done a little bit better with, but um, put it low and into the bottom left corner. So that was a nice shot. And then um, a good, hard, low cross into the box for um, for the Verbich goal. So, I mean, again, I, I'd, I'd probably give him an eight. I, I was very pleased with his performance. And our starting center forward on the day was Verbich. Dim, uh, yeah, Dima, how would you rate Verbich on the day? Yeah, look, so Verbich, of course, um, in the previous weeks, he's been um, he's been subject to some, some criticism, actually, for being maybe too selfish, maybe a bit wasteful. But on this game, um, in this match, uh, he set up the first goal, good play by him, and scored the second. So, you know, he was involved in both goals. He was... Um, he wasn't selfish at all. He was getting his teammates involved. Uh, I'm gonna give him, you know, it, it's it's great to it's great to have, you know, like, like Eric said earlier, it's great to have almost like the the Vierbic of the previous seasons back, you know, and hopefully he can um, keep get keep having games like like this one. Um, but yeah, good performance by him. Uh, I'd I'd argue he was my man of the match. Probably eight and a half. He sort of faded in the second half, but yeah, eight, eight and a half. Now moving on to the substitutes, uh, Vla, uh, Vladislav Supriaha came on. Um, I didn't think it was a bad performance from Vlad. He only came on in the 81st minute, so didn't have a ton uh, to do. Maybe go with a standard five or six if you can even rate him at all. Uh, didn't, you know, put himself in bad, worked hard. Uh, now on to Kar, uh, excuse me, uh, Garmash. Garmash came on for the Pena. Uh, Eric, how do you rate Garmash's half an hour on the pitch? Um, maybe a six. I'm still just blown away by that pass. Uh, and for those of you that don't know that we're, what we're talking about or don't remember, I'm pretty sure Dima tweeted out. The video so please go to his account and watch this because i totally agree i've never seen anything like this um and and i'll honestly say in any sport i can't remember the last time that i saw something like this um mind-boggling but um yeah i mean he came on um i don't think that he got yellow carded so lost a couple bets there but um he did not get yellow carded you're right yeah yeah um yeah, I um, I don't know. I, I I'll hold off my thoughts on him, but um, in general, but um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would say a six. That 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 pass was just. I, I still can't get over that. Uh, and Dima on to Bogdan Lenyev. How do you, what did you think of his uh, half an hour on the pitch? Yeah, I think he had a good game. Um, he came on and he sort of um, injected some creativity into the game. Uh, like I already said, um, he on another day he probably would have scored at least two of the three chances he had. Um, he was plain unlucky not to score. Uh, hit a great free kick. Um, uh, like I said, uh, blocked um, and two more chances cleared. But 
yeah, he's probably, I think after this game, he, he's someone we might actually see more of. Um, uh, certainly, I hope so, because I do want to, him to succeed um, after his previous great seasons on loan. But for this match, um, I'm going to give him a seven and a half. He definitely looked a lot more confident today. Uh, not today, well, uh, the game against Forsla had, like you were saying, a few chances. Uh, on to Karavayev. I mean, Karavayev came on 85th minute for Shaparenko. Don't know if you can really rate him, him coming uh, into the game so late. Uh, on to the manager. Uh, Eric, how would you rate Luchescu on a day where Dinamo gets a pretty standard three points against Vorskla? Um... Good question. I mean, I'd probably be somewhere between a seven and a 7.5. I mean, I, I was, I thought he got the tactics right. I thought that he did a nice job of setting us up so that we could, again, nullify that counterattacking threat, um, as well as the, the speed, um, that, uh, that Vorskla has on their wings. Um, honestly, I still think that this is a match that we should be winning, but matches aren't played on paper. So, um, you know, again, the way that he had it set up, I mean, he, um, we probably should have even won this match by more. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd give him a seven or seven point five. I mean, I again did what was expected, but but still, I was uh, I, I was pleased overall. Diva, do you agree with Eric around a seven seven point five for Luchesco on the day? You know, I think I'd actually give him an eight because it was a game that we that well. Um, let's say the media were. Um, saying was going to be pretty tight, um, you know, maybe even a draw. And on paper, you know, Vorsplay did uh, have, prior to this match, the best defence in the league. But look, from the, from the very first minutes, we were all over them. Um, quick goal, uh, completely nullified their um, attacking players, you know, conceding no, no counter-attacks. So, you know, if we compare that to the very, very nervy, cup final of last year you know it's, it's it's a massive improvement maybe the second half didn't go um as well as the first but yeah look it's a, it's a massive win um yeah Luchesco eight Dinamo beat Vorska 2-0 and remain top of the Ukrainian Premier League now on to the Champions League game against Juventus uh I think it's fair to say this game did not go Quite as smoothly. Uh, Dinamo dropping the result in Turin 3 0. Uh, Eric, uh, where do we begin with this, really? Uh, on a day where Dinamo loses 3 0? I mean, we don't have to begin at all. We could just skip it, which is what I'd prefer to do. But for the sake of the podcast, I guess I will go through my notes on this one. Um, so. Juve pretty much came off right from the kickoff uh, pressing us um, defensively. And this kind of changed after the first goal where we then started bringing our line of engagement a lot higher um, and kind of moved out of a more compact defensive formation, which I really wasn't a big fan of. But, um, you know, Dima and I had talked about this and, you know, he had mentioned we didn't really have much to lose at that point, which I, I agree. That's a fair point. Um, but for me, you know, if we started off the or to start off the match, you saw us in a 4-1-4-1. Um, you know, Sidorchuk was the defensive mid. Um, and then we had 
um, basically two lines of four. And then uh, who was on top? Verbic, I believe, was on top. Um, and I thought that, again, we kept things very tight, very compact, and, and we looked pretty solid defensively. We worked as a unit. Um, and, and I thought we did a, a pretty nice job defensively um, for, you know, the first 15 minutes or so. Um, Gerson Rodriguez had defenders just hanging all over him. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. Um, but, you know, he he received some of these passes. And as we've mentioned in prior podcasts, got to improve his first touch. Um, you know, some of the times I, I'm wondering if his boots are crafted out of stone because it literally just bounces you know, several meters off of his foot and then the opposition intercepts it or doesn't intercept it, but picks the ball up. Um, uh, I thought uh, Mikolenko did a nice job on Chiesa in the first half. He had a really nice sliding challenge on him, kept the ball in play, and then Chiesa ran back and pretty much kneed him in the head, won the free kick. Um, that was solid. Um, and then 17th minute, um, I believe it was a header off of a corner. Uh, McKenney uh, put a, uh, a header on target, but Bouchon made a nice save on it. Um, there was another corner that was played in low that Morata flicked on. Um, Bouchon, again, good reactions, batted it clear. Um, and then shortly after that was the first goal. Um, you know, for Mikulenka, uh, I think that maybe could have done a little better job marking. Um, it's really, really frustrating that one of Juve's shortest player scored off of a header on us. Um, that really aggravated me. But I, in my opinion, Bouchon needs to do better with that. Um, you know, I know that when you head the ball downwards towards a keeper, those are traditionally some of the hardest ones to save. But still, um, I, you know, I think that he needs to do better with that. Um, he always tried to all, scoop it up instead of just pairing it. He just tried to get under right. But it's, I mean, I'm not an you, expert, but no, you you got it. I mean, like I said, I'm not trying to take away from the fact that those are some of the most challenging headers to save. But I think that he needs to do a little bit better with that. Um, but um, but yeah, and then you know, shortly after that, going back to what I mentioned about Popov, another careless giveaway that he had, um, literally in our own box, and thankfully Morata dribbled it out of play, and that ended that attacking sequence. But that could have been a lot worse. Um, you know, Zabarini picked up a yellow card for trying to shield Morata away with the ball with his arm. I mean, I could see that one argued both ways. Um, getting a yellow for that, I, I can't complain too much about it. Um, you know, one of the things that was just so frustrating in this match is um, the or switching the play was so open the entire match. And uh, and there was one time in particular where Kenziora received the ball and that, that pretty much created our best chance of the match um, where Kenziora received the ball, found Verbic in the box who chested it down to Tsahankov, but Chesney made a nice save on it. I mean, again, Tsahankov needed to elevate it. Um, you know, probably should have scored that, but still credit to Chesney for a nice save. But just so frustrating that we didn't look to switch the play at all because when Kenjora did receive some of these passes, I mean, he was just in acres of space with no defender around him, and we could have really exploited that down the right flank. So that was that was frustrating that we didn't look to um, that we didn't look to exploit that enough. Um, but at any rate, um, Ronaldo hit the crossbar following some really poor defending on, you know, pretty much letting Alexandro dribble through the box. Um, you know, Bonucci dragged down Verbic 
in the box uh, on the opposing end, and somehow there was no penalty given. And, and you know, I'll just mention this real quickly. You know, I'm never one that's going to blame a ref for a loss. At the end of the day, Dinamo were not good enough to win this match. They didn't play well enough to win this match. They didn't deserve to. Um, but the officiating in this match was so bad. Um, you know, we saw plays where McKenney ran into Zabarni and fell over, and somehow Juve got the free kick. Um, we saw Kulusevsky knock over Shaparenko, and then no foul is given. And then I, I was actually glad Shaparenko went after that ref um, because she was abysmal, and it was just so one-sided. But at any rate, seeing how Juventus got pretty much every call there was, you know, if you breathe on them, they go down and it's a free kick. I have no idea how pretty much being manhandled in the box with his arms all over him, basically dragging him down is not a penalty. Again, not saying that that would have changed the match and we would have won, not blaming the ref, but that was very, very frustrating. And for me, was very inconsistent with how calls went for Juventus. Um, Especially but, that um, first yellow card he, she gave to Bentancourt, which, Probably was a little soft. It was maybe really early, maybe sixth, seventh minute, and Bentancourt went in the book. But yeah, like I said, yeah. you're saying, but and 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 that's the thing is either be one way or the other. Like I prefer to let people play and keep it a little bit more free flowing. But if you're gonna call it ticky tack, call everything ticky tack. Keep it consistent. And, and like I said, that I mean, you hit it right on the head. That was really frustrating. But um, all right, I, I need to wrap up this monologue. So, anyways. Um, you know, the first half I didn't think was bad. Um, I thought that we were okay in the first half. Um, I was hoping to see some more changes again, looking to exploit the um, switch of play a little bit more in the second half, but didn't really see that. And then I thought really once we pulled out of a compact 4-1-4-1 defensively, um, I mean, they just cut through us like a hot knife through butter. I mean, we just do not have the quality of players um to be pressing high and running all over the place. I mean, Juventus players, like I said, cut right through us. I mean, that, that was pretty much always going to happen. I mean, we really needed to keep things um, compact and, uh, and not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Open up those lines uh, or open up the space um, in between our defensive lines. But, um, but yeah, I mean, really besides that, I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll let Dima go over now and, and, and touch on some other some other things so I'm not doing this whole match. Now, before I go to Dima uh, for the second half and what he thought of the second half, I just want to read a quick statistic for you. And I do apologize because I did see someone post this on Twitter and I forgot who posted it. Uh, so thank you to whoever posted it. But... Uh, so Dinamo Kiev in the first half of games in the uh, in the Champions League, and this is halftime of uh, yesterday's game, had scored twice and conceded twice. Going into the second half of yesterday's game, they had scored once and conceded nine. So Dima, did Dinamo have any improvement in the second half? Second half, look. So in the at the end of the first half, we sort of had some momentum. You know, the penalty call. Um, the one-on-one chance, the missed one-on-one chance. And some of that momentum momentum sort of carried over, but Juventus, Juventus grew back into the game pretty much straight away and uh, were well on top. So, you know, we didn't really have any chances 
um, to speak of um, early on. Um, and about 12 minutes into the second half, so 57th minute, Ronaldo makes it 2-0, um, which, you know, really, really changed the whole um, mood of the game. Um, it was, it first, first of all, the first thing I'm going to say is it looked offside to me. Um, so I'm, I'm actually yet to see a replay. They never showed a replay. Um, I bet they would have thoroughly checked it if it was Dinamo who scored a goal like that. But that's a, you know, it's a whole different topic. But I think it was pretty, it was poor from us. Um, you know, poor defending um, and the goalkeeping. I think Bushan, he sort of did well to actually get to the cross. But then once again, he just spilled it. Um, right into the path of Ronaldo. Um, so yeah, that was that was two 0 And yeah, the, the the defenders and the goalkeeper were pretty poor throughout the second half. There's there's really not much to say. Uh, you know, there was poor marking from um, both the defenders and central defenders. Um, you know, Kinjora was pretty much all over the place. Um, you know, Alexandra was getting the better of him uh, for most of the night. Nikolinka, um, he was he was trying <laughs> against Chiesa. That's all I can say about him. Um, but then they scored, I think it was about, yeah, it was six minutes later, they scored the third goal. And it was pretty good play by Morata, but... It was like our defenders were in slow motion for that match, um, uh, for that for that moment. Even sorry, um, I guess you could say my head's still gone after that after that game. Um, but yeah, once again, poor poor defending. Um, goalkeeper, you could say didn't have a chance. But yeah, um, one thing that I wanted to mention was. Not just not even not even just in the second half, but the delivery was so poor. I mean, like Eric said, there was they were given Kinjora a lot of space on um down that right wing. But when he when he crossed, when he actually did manage to get into a crossing position, cross the ball, the, the cross was just pretty much straight into the defenders or into the goalkeeper every time. But at the same time, you could say that there was literally no one to cross to um for this match we needed i'd say some kind of a target man and yeah look disappointing second half i i don't think that we were you know absolutely completely terrible but we offered nothing in attack and the defending was far from ideal um but yeah that's you know i don't really i don't have to say a lot of, um about the second half because you know two goals conceded um once again poor poor second half um in the champions league like alex just mentioned but yeah that's 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 all i can say about the second half now on to the player ratings and we're going to start with bushchan eric uh how do you rate bushchan's game against juventus Uh, I mean, conceded what three, um, first one probably should have saved done a little bit better with, uh, I mean, this might come off as a little bit harsh, but I, I mean, I'd probably be at a four, four and a half, 
Um, I didn't think that um, I didn't think that he was as good as we needed him to be when called upon. Kenzora, uh, Dima, how do you rate Kenzora? I think, like I said, Alexandro had him all over the place. Uh, he was getting outpaced. Um, his his opponents were much were much quicker, much more agile than him. Uh, that being said, I guess he he showed good movement. That's something I could, that's one thing I can say throughout the match. Not that it, in, any use there was any real use to it. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to. Yeah, he didn't really do a whole lot wrong apart from being spun a lot. But I'm gonna give him a four and a half. Uh, on to Zabarni. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I don't think Zabarni did too much wrong. I mean, got a yellow, which, I mean, like you guys said, I think a lot of that one really depends on the angle the referee has. I mean, I, I could understand why from a certain angle you could think it was a yellow, but uh, probably a four and a half or five, kind of just bang average, really. Didn't really have too many mistakes. Uh, Eric, on to Popov. How do you rate Popov? Um, Popov, I'd probably say, will be a. Uh, I'll say maybe a five and a half. Um, I mean, I thought he was okay. Um, again, you know, just he has too many careless giveaways, like I mentioned previously, where he overcooks the passes, and you know, it's pretty much an easy interception for the opposition. Um, but um, but you know, looking back on the match, um, defensively, I mean, I thought I thought he was okay. Didn't you know? Didn't have anything disastrous, but at the same time, um, also wasn't you know the the lead of the defensive vanguard that we kind of needed. Um, so I'd say five and a half. Hang on, sorry. I'm gonna, sorry, sorry. Just yeah, about. No, after after the match, I think he gave an interview and in which he said, um, Luchesko in the dressing room right after the match, he said that he wasn't pleased at all with Popov's performance and that he, in fact, thought that two of the goals, two of the three goals were actually Popov's fault. So, yeah, that's just something I thought I'd bring, bring up. Did which goals? Get, yeah, I was, that was my question too, because do you know which goals you brought up? or Honestly, no. All I saw was... Um, it was in Russian, so I can't give like I can't say exactly what he said. But rough translations, uh, tra- rough translation of what Luchesko said was two of those goals were yours. Um, not, literally nothing more given than that. But um, to be to be honest with you, I can't <laughs> like you guys. I can't really remember either of the goals being you know entirely his fault either. But you know, if the manager thinks it, then you know. Because the first goal was that Chiesa header, which, listen, not the best defending, but to be fair, it was a really good header, especially the ball was going away from goal. The second one, maybe the second one, because Morata kind of was wide open alone. And then for some, I, can't, I can't picture the third goal for some reason. So maybe one of the goals at best, but I, I don't know where he's getting two from. Uh, Dima, on to Mikolenko. Uh it's difficult. In the first half, he made, I think, in the opening 10 or 15 minutes, he made this really good run. 
um, but it was wasted. Um, like the, the part that he made was wasted by the midfield. Um, in the second half, <laughs> he, I would say that he had um, Chiesa. Um, if if Chiesa didn't score, I would have said that um, he had Chiesa in his pocket. Um, but yeah, obviously, I can't say that now. But look, he made a few. Um, he made a few great um, interceptions, a few great tackles. I remember one time he um, made a tackle on Chiesa, um, stopped the ball from going out uh, for a corner and earned a free kick. But look, at the end, at the end of the day, he was part of a defence that conceded three goals in, a, in the European game. So I guess can't really give it much more than five and a half, to be honest. Uh, onto the captain, Cesar Chulkin. I didn't think Cesar Chulkin had a necessarily a bad game. Probably kind of like what we were saying about some of the other guys, just one of these days, which is not really good enough on the day. Probably would go maybe a five to six in that range. Let's say five and a half. Split the, we'll split the difference. Uh, onto Shaparenko. Eric, uh, what's your rating for Shaparenko on the day? I also just want to make a quick point about Cesar uh, Chulkin and the fact that um, I don't know if either of you caught this, but he was referred to as a uh, cider Chuck um, by the announcer. And, and my wife literally asked me to mute the, to mute the TV. <laughs> yeah. Uh, real um, quick. Yeah, we're going to have to give the, uh, I don't know about you Dima, but at least the uh, commentator on CBS, we're going to have to give a rating of a zero on that pronunciation. Cause that was, that was poor at times. Uh, yeah. All right. So Shaparenko, uh, Eric. Sorry. Also, uh, Nikolenko was Michaelenko, so that was also, you know, we had Michelangelo playing at left back. Um, but anyway, Shaparenko or Sharapova, as according to the commentator. Yes, yes, yeah. So definitely a zero for the commentator. Um, but for Shaparenko, I mean, I think he tried. Um, I don't know. He he gets switched around from time to time. I mean, he's he's had to play out on the wing. He plays in a four-three-three. He also now. I mean, as you remember, several seasons ago, he was playing as the number 10, and now he's playing um, basically as like a box-to-box midfielder in, in a 4-2-3-1. So, I mean, he, he's been moved around a fair amount. Um, unfortunately, didn't really make a huge difference for us. You know, I kind of compare what it was like in the in the Spain match for the national team, and I just remember him. I mean, he was bossing the midfield despite the fact that we got dominated by Spain. I mean, he was very impressive in the midfield. Um, you know, this match again, he tried. Unfortunately, really wasn't able to get a whole lot going. So for that, I'd probably say, you know, maybe. I mean, six, six, 6.5 would probably be a little bit more generous, but I'd, I'd say around a six, six and a half. I'll, I'll just give him a six and a half. Probably one of those players we really want to be game in, game out, playing his natural position because he is just such a good player when he's on his day, when he's playing his natural position. He can really uh, be, like I think one of you guys said, he can really be the engine room of the team, just built like the way he dribble glides past players the way you can absolutely all around definitely one uh really one player we should constantly be trying to keep in his natural position uh on to our next center midfielder uh which was shepeliev dima what's your rating for shepeliev uh, before i get onto shepeliev i'd like to say that i was actually watching the game on a on a russian channel so the mistakes weren't as bad but i think i heard um I think I had the commentator called Lidnyov, um, so I can't give the commentator much more than a three. 
Um, but uh, Shapelev, look, it wasn't it wasn't one of his it wasn't a great game to be honest. He was pretty invisible for most of the match. Um, to compare him to say Shaparyanka, who was given what was it six yeah six point five. Um, Shaparyanka had ninety eight touches, um, even though he did play the whole match. Um, Shapelev had forty two, so you know he was much um, less noticeable on the pitch. Um, and once again, you know, the king of backwards and sideways passing, you know, he wasn't really, he wasn't really, you know, producing anything special. Um, you know, he made 29 successful passes. I can't remember a, in, um, any of them being, you know, anything special. But uh, at the same time, um, he, he wasn't outstanding. He wasn't, you know, the most noticeable player on the pitch, but at the same time, you know, he, none of the goals were his fault. Um, he wasn't doing that much wrong. So I'll give him a either a four and a half or a, yeah, let's go. Let's just go with a five. On to the front three. Our first uh, player will rate is Tsihankov, or according to the CBS commentator, Tsigangaikov. Uh, I promise that's the last time we'll mention the commentators today. I hope at least. Um, not a bad game from Sehan Club. He definitely tried. Um, really should have put that one chance away from the Verbich, uh when Verbić knocked it down from off the kilns on across. Probably go with a six. Um, definitely one player we really need to get on the ball more, especially in between the midfield and defensive lines because he does this a lot where he kind of cuts in a little where, and this is also when Kionzora happens to be very high up, when the opposite fullback doesn't really know whether to stick with Zahankov uh, or follow Kionzora. So really someone I think we really need to be getting on the ball more in and around that kind of 18-yard box, 25, 30 yards out between the lines, find him, find his feet, let him turn, go at pace at the back four. Um, on to Gerson. Eric, what do you think of Gerson? I mean, I'd probably say five and a half for Gerson. Um, I mean, he's got a fantastic work rate. I, I give him credit for working hard on both ends of the pitch. I do really appreciate that. But not to sound like a broken record, but he's got to improve his first touch and his passing. I mean, it, it's just, you know, he's got people hanging all over him, which you can argue, is it a should it be a foul or not? But um, if, if he could just improve that first touch, he can he he'd be a fantastic resource on the right wing to hold up play and then play it off to someone making a run. Um, but I mean, again, it's like every time we try to do that, the ball bounces five meters off of his foot and opposition picks it right up. So, um, yeah, I'd give him a five and a half. And Dima, what's your rating for Verbić, who also started in the center forward position again? Verbić, um, interesting. Uh, first half made, first of all, he was the one that laid up, um, laid that pass off, knocked it down to Tsihankov, um, who, so he basically created that one-on-one um, chance for Tsihankov, uh, of course, who didn't make the most of that chance at all. Um, but, you know, that, that was good play by him. Um, again, of course, in this first half, there was that, there was that moment with Benucci, who was all, you know, he had his arms all over him. Um, you know, completely manhandled um couldn't go anywhere and a penalty wasn't given 
Um, not to go too off topic here, but you know, uh, I I reckon if that was Dynamo defender on um, a Juventus strike instead of uh, Juventus defender or Dynamo striker, um, yeah, that that probably would have been given. But yeah, look, he he tried to work hard. Um, pro- should have probably should have earned a penalty, created a one one chance. Um, an interesting stat is he didn't have a single shot, which you know for a centre forward isn't great. But you know he, he tried in the second half. He wasn't really that noticeable at all, to be honest. But I'm gonna give him a, I'm gonna give him a six. And on to the substitute. So the first substitute we had in the 72nd minute was uh, Shapelev being replaced by uh, Harmash. I mean, I think Harmash is a good player, or he, he was definitely a, like a loyal servant of the club. Uh, but especially after, I think we were already down, yeah, we were already down 3-0. I mean, at that point, the game's lost. I'd rather you throw on some of the younger players just to play a little bit, just to play against tough quality opposition, because we don't have teams like Juventus, unfortunately, in the Ukrainian Premier League. So I think it might have been better off for some of the younger guys getting more minutes. Uh, for Garosh, I'd probably go like a four. I don't think he really did anything that really affected the game. Maybe got in the box a couple times. And one thing about Garosh, I gotta, I have to bring this up. Why is one of our tallest player, if not our tallest player, one of, or if not the tallest, going for a short corner? I know it was 90th minute, but he's he's got to be in the box, surely. I, I don't want to see Harmash, uh get taking a going for a short corner. Uh, Eric Depena when he came on for Jefferson, have you read him? I mean, he he was okay. I guess I'd probably maybe give him like a five and a half. I mean, we'll come back to this about Luchescu, but just mind boggling that you know it was three nil to Juve after. Uh, what, how many minutes? 60 some, 60, what are these? 66 minutes. So Morata scored in the 66th minute, and then we did not make a sub until what, the 70 something, 70, 72nd minute? Yeah. So I, I guess we'll come back to that in a minute, but really didn't have a whole lot of time or a whole lot of an opportunity to really make a change or do anything different. So uh, I'd give him maybe a five and a half. Dima, the third sub that came on in the 72nd minute along with uh, Harmash and Dependa was Supriyaha. What do you think of Supriyaha's 20 minutes on the pitch? Yeah, Supriyaha, he played about 20 minutes, like you said, and he he had pretty much nothing to do. Uh, at least, sorry, the way I think he wasn't being given the ball, was getting no service at all. Um, so I'm gonna have to go into that um, the judge's performance. Uh, so he touched the ball three times, made one successful pass out of one, and won two ground jewels and earned two fouls. So you know he he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't have he didn't have much to do, but you know the things he did do uh, were all positive. So I'll give him. You know he played twenty minutes. Hardly touched the ball. Five and a half. And the last two subs were Karavayev, who came on at uh, at left back, which I think we were all very excited to see Karavayev come on at left back. I think we were all really thinking that was going to turn the game around in the 84th minute. Karavayev to come on at left back. 
but like I what's, said, what, what's the saying? Death taxes and cut a vibe at left back. Uh, I think that's the saying now. I mean, it, it has. I think that's maybe in Luchescu's contract that at some point in every game, Kadavayev's got to be a be. left back because I don't understand that why every game that happens. Uh, and then this one, again, like I was saying, can't really rate the guy. He only came on for five minutes, and Lenyev came on in the ninety-first minute to take a corner, which. Yeah, not into one of our more creative players coming on when the game is literally about to be finished. And so we'll go to the manager. Uh, Eric, how do you rate Luchescu? Two. I think that's and I should, give, I, should, I should give him a two just for the sake of putting Karavayev at left back. But, but that, that besides, I mean, we made zero changes besides the fact that we came out of our defensive shape and tried to press them high, which clearly did not work. I don't know how many times that they had to cut through us doing that before we stopped. The six, I mean, don't get me wrong. The first goal that they scored, we, we should have done a little bit better with. But again, for the up until that point, we were solid defensively, staying in that tight – and I'm sorry that I keep using these words, but it was it was successful. It was a tight, compact – formation and and I thought that we did decently we defended as a unit he did not make a substitution until almost like three-fourths of the way through the match we're already down three nil you know he he brings on people like a Harmash which I mean like throw a throw a younger player out there I mean I don't even care if it's someone like Andrievsky I mean give some of these people that are a little bit younger I mean I know what we said about Harmash being a loyal servant, I get that. But, I mean, with all due respect, the teams that he should be playing against are teams like Inholetz, Minai, Ruch, and, you know, uh, early cup matches against, you know, teams from either the um, the Persia Liga or, um, you know, lower uh, league teams in the Ukrainian Premier League. I mean, I don't even, I don't even care that we're 3-0 down. Like, let's throw someone out there. Let's throw some young players out there, or even someone like uh, Belutsa, who has pretty much gotten no time so far this season. I mean, we, we got him as a backup, and he doesn't even feature. Um, but, I mean, no tactical adjustments, you know, didn't bring us back to, uh, you know, defending as a unit and stop the pressing high, which clearly was not working. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, literally did not make any changes until the game was already out of hand and three-fourths of the way over. So, yeah, I, I'm going to – I mean, maybe I could bump it up to a three or a four, but cut a vibe at left back, it's a two. And, Dima, what's your rating for Luchesco on the day? Um, first of all, just, just some context before the game. So, I think it was the day before the game um, – this isn't this is actually Luchesco, but bear with me. So Diego Longo, uh, Luchesco's assistant, said that pretty much there's nothing there's nothing to play for, so um, we're gonna try and play an open game. And I thought, oh god, we're just gonna we're just gonna do this thing where you know we're wide open for the opposition, and you know we try to go attacking and then get get caught out and um, concede a ton of goals, but. Uh, Luckily, it wasn't that bad, um, though it wasn't great. But look, uh, another thing. So Juventus, their, their last game, well, before the game, uh, the, the normal game, I should say, was a 1-1 draw against Benevento. So, you know, it was a pretty good time to play them. But, yeah, now going into the game, 
the the lineup Francesco puts out, I think that's probably the lineup most people would have gone for, uh, or would have wanted. You know, uh, finally no Caravaggio but left back, although that that did end up happening. Um, you know, I don't think in the game we were dreadful, like the way he set us up. Uh, you know, it wasn't what you've got to take into account is. Juventus players, you know, when you look at them one by one individually, I'd say all of them, position by position, Juventus are better players. So, you know, you've got to take that into account. But, you know, going like, like you know, those substitutions, you know, it's, it's really strange for me because, you know, everything's already been said because they scored in, what, the 57th minute and then again in the... 66 and yeah. our oh yeah exactly so our substitutions only came into the 72nd minute and it was I mean I don't really know how how Garmash was going to um improve improve the game for us but it's it's done <laughs> it didn't really would have didn't make a huge difference did it but yeah uh you know I I was probably you know hoping hoping for dreaming of a draw maybe but you know it, it, it was some of the decisions by the manager weren't great um i don't i'm gonna I don't, i'm not gonna go as but low as a two but i'll go like like a three no no four i'm gonna go with a four because his his reaction to the penalty not given made me laugh uh yeah four uh, and I'll I'll split the difference. I'll give Luchesco a three, just because it's enough. We've conceded eleven goals in the second half of the Champions League games. Something is not. There's got to be. There's got to be a reason to that. And he, listen, he's got fifteen minutes in the locker room at halftime to motivate the team for the second half. But I don't know if it's maybe he's doing too much, maybe not doing enough at halftime. But clearly, we're, we're having issues in the second half. And. Every game, there's been something. It was the Juventus game we gave up two in the second half. We collapsed against Ferencváros in Budapest. Um, Barcelona game away was actually probably the best game we've played in the Champions League so far. Then last week's collapse against Barcelona at home, and then this week's uh, this week's loss to Juventus. So I- I'm gonna I'll split the difference. I'll go a three. Uh, leaving Juventus behind, we move on to this Saturday's fixture in the Ukrainian Premier League against FC Mariupol. Now, if you do not know who FC Mariupol are, don't worry. Uh, They were founded in 1960. And probably the best fact I can give about them is that they have 12 Shakhtar Donetsk loan players. Um, Mariupol is located in uh, Donetsk Oblast. And fortunately, they are able to play their games at home. Uh, They just can't play at home at the minute, I believe, because they're replacing the, the, the surface in Mariupol. Uh, they are sixth place in the Ukrainian Premier League with four wins, four draws, and three losses, and a record of and a gold difference of plus two with 15 goals for 13 against and total points of 17. Now, before we get into the preview, we need to make going back to the Shakhtar loan, uh, Eric. Or Dima, whichever of you want to take this. Uh, what is our, or I should say, Denavo fans' nicknames for Mariupol? 
Go ahead, Dima. Yeah. So, of course, um, it's already been mentioned um, the excessive amount of um, the excessive amount of uh, loan players from Shakhtar whack FFC every every season. Um, and, you know, it's been going on for quite a while now. So the new term, not so new, actually, the term for Mariupol, uh, used a lot, uh, not even just by uh, the Lama fans, is now Arendupol. Arenda, um, of course, in Russian, meaning low. Um, so, yes, that's another fact against uh, about a pretty, um, you could say, unre unremarkable team. So good. It, it's a classic. I think. I think it's a it's hundred percent a classic. <laughs> um, so as Dinamo go into this game against Mariupol on Saturday, uh, Eric, is this a game where this is going to be a pretty uh, common uh, point whenever we play sides in the in the Premier League? Is this a game like against Inhulets, like against Boris Club, where we really want to see Dinamo come out, set the tempo early, maybe even pressure? Uh, Mariupol High really try to put the game on our terms? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I would say so. So um, just taking a look at some stats here and, you know, Alex, I know you just mentioned uh, several good stats here to um, to talk a little bit about uh, Arjen Dupal. Um, but um, most recently, uh, they have been going with a 4 4 one, one. Um, I watched some highlights against uh, Lviv, who they most recently played as a 3-0 victory um, uh, for Arindupol and um, for Mari. Oh, my God. Now I'm actually using that regularly, but oh, that's probably not a bad thing. Um, but... Um, they uh, they really focus their attacks down the flanks um, and then play crosses into the box. Um, I'd say that that's their biggest source of a threat, something that we'll have to be aware of. Um, honestly, not uh, kind of similar to um, the threat posed by uh, Vorska. They played with a similar formation, attacked in a similar way. Um, but, um, I mean, Lviv are not a good side at all. They mark very poorly. Um yeah, I mean, this is really one that we should be winning. Um, you know, in, in, in the previous 20 matches that we've played against them, we've won 16, drawn two, and lost two. Um, so the, let me see here. I mean, the last time that we lost against them, I think was in 2017, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, this is one that I want to come out and I mean, I want to knock them you know, I want to punch them right in the jaw from the start. Um, I want to attack aggressively. You know, we need to be aware, again, of that threat down the flanks. Um, and honestly, I'd like to see us, um, you know, maybe not just shoot on sight, but I'd like to see us lean a little bit more that way rather than working the ball into the box just because their keeper looked really shaky against Lviv uh, when faced with shots. So I'd really like to see us pepper him with some shots, force him into saves, and potentially a mistake or two. Uh, Dima, do you have anything to add on how uh, you expect Dinamo to play against Mariupol? Definitely going to be an interesting uh, game because there's no doubt going to be motivation from the plethora of Shakhtar needs to try and get one over Dinamo. Yeah, look, um, we've we've really we've really got to go for it from the very first minutes. Um, Arendupol, Mariupol, Shakhtar, Reserves, whatever you want to call them. Um, look, they're 
they're known for pretty much sitting back um quite a quite a lot of the time um so that's that's something that we've got to you know take into account um you know we've got to try and attack them from you know from the very first minute hopefully down the wing because um most of the most of their um shacks are lonely that are in fact attackers and the defenders they have are not so good but yeah so we've and what else is there really to say i mean I, i'd like us to see um uh make the most of set pieces but that's that's something i always say um in terms of defending one thing that i think we should be careful of is we can't give them a lot of you know space to run onto because i can just i, I can just imagine them you know sitting back and then lumping long balls up to their strikers and then you know our defenders getting caught out so that's something we've got to look um look out for but um you know like eric said a lot of their attacks are pretty similar to Vorskler's, but I'd but I'd argue that their players aren't as good as Vorskler's. Um, but anyway, if we defend like like we did against Vorskler, we'll we'll be fine. Um, but yeah, look, just to sum it up again, um, attacking mentality, um, of course. Um, I would like us to test the keeper, maybe from distance a few times to try and force mistakes. I do agree with that. And yeah, in terms of defense, um, just don't give them don't give them space, um, and just just be careful because <laughs> their their wax hat low knees are at the end of the day. Now on to the preferred starting lineups. Now, see for the starting lineups, I was really conflicted. Do I go with what I would go with, or do I go with what I think Luchescu would go? Uh, would would put out there. I think we'll have some fun. So I'm going to go with what I would want to see. Uh, just as a forewarning, it's going to be a very young team so that would take on Mariupol. Now we'll start in goal. Uh, I would go Nescheret in goal because I think this is not a bad game for him to get some more minutes. I think it really never hurts to get young players developing, uh, especially why not at the Premier League level. Uh Eric, who would you go for our goal, starting goalkeeper? So taking a look now at the remainder of the first half of the season for us. So we've got Arjen Dupel, we've got Ferenc Varos, and then Polos. And then the season, the first half of the season is over, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Polos that sounds right. Okay. So based upon that... Yeah, uh, I I definitely see the point to playing Nesharet. Um, I mean, I if we were playing someone like a Minai or or a Ruch or someone like that that's just bottom of the table, struggling, not really playing well, I would make I could see more of a case for that, especially if that was the match that we were playing right before the winter break. Um, but given that they their their wax tap players are or can be pretty dangerous. Um, I I want to make sure that we keep up Bouchan's uh, uh, what do you call it fitness level I guess for lack of a better term um, just to make sure that he is adequately prepared and ready for um, 
a really big match against Fed and Shabatos midweek. So I, I'm going to go with Bouchon. And Dima, who's your goalkeeper to start against Mariupol? Yeah, um, I do see your point about Neshered um, giving him more time to develop and stuff like that. And another argument I'd make for Neshered is I wasn't, I've, I've really not been impressed at all by um, Bouchan in in the Champions League and um, last match against Juventus is um, no different at all. But that being said, I would like uh, Bouchan to start. Um, he's who I'd prefer. Um, he's probably the more um, yeah, you know, he, he's clearly more experienced, um, maybe more reliable. Um, hopefully, at the end of the day, I hope that he won't have anything to do. You know, no shots on target at all from Arindupal. Um, but yeah, for me, Bouchan in goal, but I, I wouldn't be, you know, com- completely disappointed to see Nishariyat. Now on to right back, and I'm going to go with what some may say is a bit of a uh, wild card pick. I'm going to go for uh, Daniel Skorko, the young 18-year-old at right back. And the only reason I would say I'm not against Skorko starting at right back, because looking at the wingers for Mariupol, they are very young. Uh, for example, Sika or the attacking players, Sikan born in 2001, Kulakov born in 99, uh, Topalov born in 98. Um, uh, or, and for example, the left winger who started for Mariupol last game against FK Lviv was Oleg Ocherepko, who's actually a year younger than Skorko. So I think that could be a, um, it wouldn't, it might be a good time just because not a lot of teams in the Premier League have this young of a squad or at least this young of attacking players in their roster. So maybe Skorko matches up well against some of these young guys from Mariupol. Uh, Eric, who would you start at right back? Well, given that we've seen uh, Karavayev so often at left back, why not throw Mikolenka at right back? Um, I'm, I'm just waiting for it. Um, but in all seriousness, my choice would probably be Kenziora. Kind of similar logic for me with uh, Bouchan, um, not only keeping up match fitness. I mean, I know he's probably going to be a little bit tired, um, but, you know, making sure that he maintains his match fitness, not only for the Champions League, because, again, when we go to select that starting 11, he is someone that I want starting that match, um, but also you know, with such a disappointing Champions League campaign, I want to make sure that we finish this first half of the season really strong and we maintain our league at, or we maintain our lead um, in the league and maintain uh, first place. So I, I'm going to go with Ken Ziora. And uh, Eric, who do you go for at right back? Um, oh, sorry. Do Dima. you want me to give it? Yeah, my bad, Dima. <laughs> So we're actually all going to go, we're, we've all ended up going for different players. I'd actually like to see Karavai because um, he's been subjected to quite a bit of criticism this season, mostly for his performances at left back. Um, but for this match, I think, you know, he's certainly more attack-minded than Kinjora um, Skorko. You know, I wouldn't be like again. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be against it because I do feel like um, he's a future, and it's probably a matter of time until he does debut. But for this match, I prefer Caravaggio because at the end of the day, I can ju- I can definitely imagine um, Mariupol, Arindupol going into this match with a you know complete low block, and Caravaggio's more you know attacking mindset might um might help with that. But 
at the same time, he keeps doing the thing where he gets into a good crossing position, um, passes back. Um, maybe he's not the choice, but, you know, assuming he doesn't do that, Caravan got right back to me. And on to the centre-back positions. Uh, Ilya Zabarni is suspended one game, so he will miss the Mariupol game, but he should be back for the Colas game uh, next week. At centre-back... Hmm. See, this is a tricky one because I think Popov definitely starts, and it's pretty much between Sirota and Shabalo. It's pretty much whoever you, someone would prefer. I probably go Sirota because I think he's at least as good as Shabalo, and I think also it never hurts to have the young players playing. Uh, Eric, who is who would be your center back pair for this game? Yeah, I mean if. If Karavayev is not at left back, then we should probably leave left back open for uh, Lord Shabanov's uh, overlaps. So for that reason, I will go with uh, Sirota and Popov. Uh, Dima, same for you, or do you have anyone else at uh, center back? No, same as you guys. Um, Popov, right center back, Sirota, left center back. I think, I think it's. Um, it's about time Sirota does get a chance. Um, he's not been playing much. I think he started the first few games that was pretty shaky. But yeah, I, I would like to see him um, come back into the team. Um, you know, I, I think one thing that I was going to point out about Sirota is his ability, um, his, his distribution, basically. You know, he's, I think in his debut, I'm, I'm, yeah, it was his debut. Against um, Shakhtar, I think, right? Yeah, against Shakhtar. Um, when he produced a great assist over the top. Um, uh, it doesn't matter. I think it was the Pana, but that's not the important part. It, it was the Pana, yeah. Yeah, but I just want to see, you know, I want to see him given a chance. I hope that he will make them. I feel like it will be Sirota, but yeah, assuming he starts, I want to see him make the most of it. I want to see him, you know, challenging for... Uh, for the for the for a place in the first team um, more than he is right now, um, and I hope that he produces more good um, long balls over the top. And now on to left back. Uh, again, left back's the one I'm not hundred percent sure. I would have no problem resting Mikolenko because he has played quite a bit at center back at left back. He's been pretty much a constant. So I'm not against the idea of Shabanov's uh, Shabanov playing left back, but I would probably just go Mikolenko because he is just one of probably the top, if not one of, if you could probably argue the best player in this team. But I think I go Mikolenko at left back. But I wouldn't be surprised to see to see Shabanov uh, get the start there. Uh, Eric, who would you start at left back? Mikolenko. Dima, would you do you agree with uh, Eric? Just straightforward, uh, Mikol and go left back. <laughs> you know, in in short, yes. I mean, Shabanov's um, overlapping runs, you know, <laughs> always gives me a good laugh. But yeah, for this match, I think now that Mikol and Kov and um, the other defenders are available, yeah, Mikol and Kov is, you know, uh, I don't see a reason not to pick him. Pretty much. Now we move into the midfield, and I'm assuming we're probably going to play like we generally do with one defensive midfielder, uh, then one box-to-box midfielder, and then an attacking midfielder. So let's at least start with who's going to be our uh, defensive midfielder. 
And I would go with Balutza because it's kind of another one where at some point he's going to need to get minutes. Uh, probably won't start against Fadonsvaros and probably won't play against Kolos next Saturday. So I, I go Balutza. Uh, Eric, uh, do you have anyone else in mind for defensive midfielder or you, would you go with Balutza as well? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of torn between Balutza and Shepeliev. Um Mm. Yeah, I, I'm probably gonna have to go with. Uh, I'm probably gonna have to go with Shepeliev. Dima, who's your pick for defensive midfield against Mariupol? Once again, we all get different players. Look, I'd go for Shepeliev for the pure fact that, um, in my in my eyes at least, he's the best player out of the list of and himself. And another reason is this is only going to be, assuming he plays, this will be only his second game back from both suspension and coronavirus. So oh, I forgot to mention Sidorchuk's not available. He's still suspended. He, yeah, he's still, so he got a three-match ban. He's still suspended. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, my apologies then. I did not know. I, I completely forgot the fact that the Association of Football decided to give him a further three-match ban. But... Yeah, in that case, no Sidorchuk. Um, it will be for me. You know, I feel like Shabil has been been get, getting a chance, and he's not really capitalizing. So, for me, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to see Shabil have a defensive midfield anyway. So for me, it's between Andreevsky and Belisar. But yeah, I'd go with Andreevsky. Now on to the box-to-box midfield position. Uh, I, I go simple. Probably Kar- uh, not Karavayev. <laughs> Karavayev and box-to-box midfielder. Uh, uh, no, not, that's not what I was going to say. Uh, I meant to say Shaparenko at box-to-box midfielder. I think that probably, I think you could make an argument he's probably our best center midfielder all around as a player. So that would be my pick. Uh, for that, uh, Eric, who's your who would be your box to box midfielder? I'm bored with that. Shaparenko. Dima, are we th- are we going to go for three out of three on the center midfield position? Yeah, Shaparenko for me. Uh, don't 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 see an alternative um, really. Uh, don't you know? He's, he's, like I already said, the engine of the team. Um, I, I'd like to see him play in this match. Uh, yeah, Shaparenko. Now onto attacking midfield. I would go Bohdan Lenyev because he had a really good half hour against Vodoslav. Probably should have had, forget one, probably should have had a few goals. Um, really someone I think Luchescu does not play enough. I think someone who Luchescu really needs to be looking at playing more. Uh, Eric, who would you start at the attacking midfield position? Man, you got it. Lednev, and literally for those exact reasons, I think he needs to get more time. I think that against Vorskla, he, I, I definitely think he should have scored. Um, and I'm not blaming him for that, but I thought that, you know, he was lively. He, you know, fantastic free kick. Um, another goal that he could have scored towards the end of the match. Um, I thought that he, he looked impressive for that half hour. Um, you know, again, go ahead. No, 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 go, go, go. No, I was just going to say, like, being that um, for the teams, the the team that we're going to be facing, and I think that Mariupol definitely is a drop-off in quality from Borskla, um, I would feel comfortable playing him as the number 10. 
I was just going to say that he, he brings that something a little bit different that not all of our midfielders have. Just that kind of little bit, a little bit more of a drive forward. You know what He's I got mean? flair too, which I like. Yes, yes. Def, definitely something uh, not all of our midfielders possess. Um, uh, Dima, who's your pick for attacking midfield against uh, Mariupol? Um, just a question. Is Mikel Duilov available? He is. I, he's not suspended, nor he is not, nor is he injured. Okay. Well, I was sort of torn between him and Lednev, but at the end of the day, I think I would rather see Lednev because Doylun, she she can't be match fit for this game. Um, and yeah, so apparently that's why he apparently did not was not did not feature against Inhulets or Vorska due to match fitness. Wow. Well. Or lacking match fitness, I should he's say. Got to, well, he's got to get his chance eventually, in my eyes. But for me, not in this match. This match, yeah, pretty much for the exact same reasons um, you guys said. Um, i go with Bogdan Lednev. Uh, he injects sort of, or against at least, at least against Vorska, he injected kind of some creativity um, into the midfield, drove forward, um, produced some good shots, had some good moments. And that's something I'd like to see him do again against um, Mariupol um, you know if he did if he was a bit unlucky um, with his um, with his shots not going in um, against Vorskla uh, that's something I'd, I I hope that he will succeed against Mariupol now on to the front three so on the left I would go to Penna because Although he's maybe not the paciest player, I don't think this is a game where we're really going to... I think we're going to need more creativity than pace, so maybe you can combine with uh, Lenyev, hopefully. Uh, through the middle, I would go Supriaha, because I think... Uh, just give Verbić a rest for this uh, for this game. And on the right wing, I'd go Tsitajvili. I think he's another one kind of like uh, Lenyev. Uh, probably someone who needs to get minutes, and I don't think this would be a bad game to get him minutes. Um so I, I would put Setejvili to start on the right. Uh, mind you, I would also, of course, have players like Tsehankov, Verbić ready to come on if they are needed to come on at halftime or with half an hour to go to change the game. But that would be my front three. Uh, Depena, Supriyaha, and Setejvili. Erica, who is your front three for the game? I agree. Uh, Supriyaha, I think this is another great opportunity for him to hopefully bag a goal, maybe get some confidence up. Um, on the right wing, agreed again with Zitaishvili, um, another player I'd like to see featured a little bit more often, someone that I think has a lot more room for development, um, really good pace, um, definitely an exciting prospect. And then on the left wing, I'm kind of torn between Depena and Rodriguez, but I'll probably go with um, Depena just because Rodriguez just played um however many minutes he did against 70 some minutes against uh against Juve and uh Dima do you have anything any changes to our front threes or would you keep it somewhat similar I'd just change Sitaishvili to Tsitaishvili I mean Sitaishvili you know early on in the in the podcast I already said that there was that under 21 game where you know, he ran the show um, involving all three goals. Um, you know, it's it's time for him to be become more involved with the first team once again. But for me, I want this to be a confident victory. Um, obviously, to Hanfok is, I, you know, he's probably our best defender. Um, 
he's in good form and yeah, I'd want to see him feature um, once again to Praha um, as a centre forward. I, you know, he needs he needs to he needs to start scoring. Um, you know, and it would be it would be a great Mariupol would be a great game. You know, I'd love to see him get a, a goal against Mariupol in particular. Um, you know, get his confidence up, and you know, hopefully to kickstart his his scoring, um, even if it's late in pretty much at the end of the first half. But on the left wing, yeah, like you guys said, um, I'd go with Defender because I don't think we we need to rely on Rodriguez's face on, you know, for counter attacks and stuff like that. I, I want to see us control the game. Um, like we did against Wurzla, for example. And, you know, one thing that he um, provides, um, you know, constant um, quality crosses into the box. You know, he's usually very accurate with crossing. That's something that I want. Um, that's that's a, that's basically the reason I want um, for him to feature. I wouldn't be against, actually, Vjerovic getting the on, on the left wing. But for this particular match, who I'd want to see... Um, would be but like you like you said i would i you know obviously there's going to be the players ready to come on you know uh, and maybe just maybe we'll see clayton and Berlin. one day we'll see clayton i'm convinced we'll see him uh and real quick uh score predictions eric what uh, is your prediction for the game against mariupol Mm, 3-0. Dima, what's your score prediction? <laughs> exactly the same. Uh, I'm going to go 3-1 because Mariupol always gives us a tough game. And they do have some, they do have some attacking fire player, although firepower, although those players are young. Uh, they, they definitely are a good, good crop of young players. Dinamo uh, take on Mariupol on the 5th of December, which is this Saturday at uh, 7.30 local time or 19.30 if you if use military time. Uh, that is uh, 5.30 or 7, uh, 17.30 in London and that is 12.30 in New York Eastern Standard Time. Now, on to what has been considered by some around Dinamo to be our final. Uh, we have match day six of the Champions League coming up next against Ferencvaros. And if you... And just a little bit of background info on Ferenc Varos, uh, founded in 1899. And this is really one of the powerful clubs of Hungarian football. Um, 31 times they've won the league, 23 cup wins. They are currently top of the Hungarian league. Uh, although they are bottom of their U- uh, Champions League group, of our Champions League group, I should say, um, we are tied on points with them after the 2-2 draw in Budapest on match day two, both Dinamo and Ferenc Faros have lost all their games since. Uh, but this game is a lot more important or has added, has an added dimension, not just because it could determine who goes to the Europa League, but uh, Mr. Serhi Rebrov, Dinamo legend, is the coach of Ferenc Faros. So, Eric, what are we thinking for the Ferenc Faros game? Do we play conservative? Do we try to press? Do we, do we treat it maybe as a league game where we try to really control the game? What, what do you think? So, yeah, this is uh, this is going to be an interesting one. I mean, you you alluded to some things here where it's almost 
a very similar story between us and Fed and Sparos, uh, both successful in the league, both currently sitting top of the league. I don't think Fed and Sparos have yet or have lost yet um, in the Hungarian top league or the Hungarian Premier League. And both uh, both teams struggling, probably you could argue are not Champions League, true Champions League material, even though it's a huge merit to both of them um, to have gotten into the Champions League. So I don't want to disparage either team with that, but both winless so far in the league uh, or in the Champions League. Um, going back to the first match, a match that we should have won, um, a match where our captain let us down. And even with that happening, it's a match that we still should have won. Um, you know, we had a free kick towards the end of the game played in that, um, you know, a, a Ferencvaros player basically tapped uh, or squared around. It wasn't even a cross, basically just kind of passed it back on and then um, ran forward leg in the air and tapped it in and, and it's 2-2. Two -two. Um, I mean, for the majority of the match, the majority of the first half too, right up uh, until the sending off, I mean, I would say it it was a majority um, of us bossing the game. I mean, I remember the first goal that they scored. I mean, we pretty much just left the guy unmarked. I mean, Sidor Chuk was standing right next to him and then kind of lost him. And I got to give him credit. It was a really nice goal. Um, but poor marking on that. Um, I think that we have more quality in our team. Um, and I think that this is a match that we should be winning. Um, the last time out that we played them, I don't remember if we stuck with our, I'll call it our Champions League formation of a, um, of a 4-3-3 or if it was, or if we went with a 4-2, I think we went with a 4-3-3. Yeah, we did. Um, but, um, I mean, they've got some pace up front, so I'd be wary of that. But, um, yeah, I, I'd press them. I'd, uh, you know, again, I, I'd look to attack from the kickoff. Um, you know, we, we really need to make the most of set pieces. I was taking a look last time, and it felt like they fouled us a lot. Um, I mean, at the end, when I looked at the match stats, it was 14 to 11 for, for fouls, which really isn't that much higher than we were. But... Um, it just felt like they played really aggressively. Um, so I think we need to do what we can to make the most out of um, out of set pieces. And and, and I want to see us attacking down the wings. I want to see lots of overlaps. But that's uh, that's what I'd be looking at for the match against Ferencvaros, a game that we, we really need to win. Dima, uh, a draw gets us through, uh, or I believe it does, I, as long as it's a very low-scoring draw. Um, do you do you go for the win or do you play a little bit conservatively if you're uh, Luchescu? No, for me, um, I I can't even stress enough how much I want um, for much for how much I want us to win this game. I mean, the first match, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go too too far in that uh, too far um, into covering that game because that's gonna get me in a very very bad mood, um, but. I want us to. I want us to attack them. I a draw would be enough to get us through into the Europa League, but I I I don't want us to. Um, I don't want us to draw. I'd much rather um us win. Um, you know, it's a home game. Uh, we arguably should have going back to that game. Um, in Budapest, you know, we we, we should have we should have uh, seen that game out. Um, if we did, this game probably wouldn't matter. But 
yeah, at the end at the end of the day, I want us to attack. I want, um, yeah, like Eric said, wing play, um, overlaps. Um, in defence, the the two I, I can't say I've really watched them play this season in the Hungarian league. Um, I watched the highlights a few times for the Champions League, and of course, um, they've not really been scoring too much, so I can't comment. But the two goals they scored against us, um, I'd have to say, you know. Be careful on set pieces. Um, they obviously scored a free kick. Um, uh, not directly, but um, they ended up scoring off a free kick. And of course, I also want us to close them down more and more in the box. Um, you know, no leaving them unmarked. Um, there was that goal that went in. A really strange goal in my eyes. Uh, I don't think we should have really been conceding that. But you know. Um, already happened but yeah look um we've got to attack i really really want us to win this because like it's been mentioned you know sergio brov is the manager of ferenc varos uh dinamo legend um managed us of course a few seasons ago as well and yeah i want us um i really do want us to get a comfortable win you know attacking mindset um Titan defense. I'd I'd also you know a lot of their players uh, I forgot to mention are quite quick. So I'd I'd want us to not give them you know loads of space in between the lines to run onto. But yeah. Now onto our starting lineup predictions. I think this one will be a little bit more. Uh, well, I'll be a little bit more in unison on this starting lineup than uh, the Mariupol game. I would say goalkeeper Bushjan. You know pretty he's he's the number one right now and i think he's arguably the best goalkeeper so i think uh he's gonna start eric uh any any changes do you for uh from bushan correct me if i'm wrong but the first time but the last match we played them wasn't it boyko who was in goal correct boyko did uh play the last game against Ferenc Faros. that's what i thought um unless you see boyko getting a start again but yeah i doubt it i yeah i'm going with bushan Dima Bushan for you as well. Um, first of all, definitely not Boyko. Um, I'd I wouldn't mind once again. I wouldn't mind going um, going with Nishida because boy, something about um, Bushan, his handling of crosses and just handling in general is really poor. Um, but for this match, I think I would want to see Bushan in goal. Yeah, Bushan for me. Uh, right back, I go Kionzora. Any disagreements there, Eric, for you? Uh, no. Dima, are you going to make a three for three, Kionzora at right back? No changes for me. Um, I'd say uh, he's the most solid out of himself, Karabaj and Skorko. Although I don't really know how Skorko does at the professional level, but yeah, for me, Kionzora. Uh, moving into the center back pairing, Popov and Zabarni. Uh, Eric, do you have anything uh, to, to change from those two? No, you got it. Same for me. Dima, are we going to uh, make it three positions out of three where we're all on the same page? Yeah. As long as they don't keep losing the ball of the, um, the opponents in the box and as long as there's no pushing and tripping in the box, uh, looking at you, Popov. But yeah, for me, the Barney Popov. And at left back, uh, I'm so, I'm very sorry to surprise our listeners, but I'm going to assume that Karavayev will not start at left back. 
Uh, it's Nikolenko. Eric, any Karavayev at left back? Maybe you think it'll be a shock? Um, you know, sadly, it would not be a shock. Um, no, but praying that I am shocked and I see Mikolenka at right at left back. Uh, Dima Mikolenka at left back for you as well. You know, it's kind of close between him and Kar- no, I'm joking, of course. Mikolenka at left back for me. <laughs> uh, so onto defensive midfield, I go Sidorchuk. The captain comes back into the middle. Eric, same for you. Um, I'm assuming that we're going to be going with a 4-3-3 again. So, so yeah, I, I would put him as the defensive mid in the three-man midfield. Yeah, so a defensive midfielder, more box-to-box, and, uh, and an attacking midfielder. Uh, uh, Dima, similar truth for you as well? Um, yeah, similar truth again for me. Um, one thing I must point out, no more yellow, second yellow cards, no more getting sent off. Um, just uh, no more, you know, rush challenges. Um, but yeah, for me, the obvious choice, Sidorchuk, uh, defensive midfielder. Box to box midfield, I say Shaparenko. Eric, do you have any disagreement? This one's kind of tough for me because I'm trying to think of who I would want in this three-man midfield. And, you know, I mean, along with Sidorchuk, I'm leaning towards Shaparenko and Shepeliev. Although which one has which role, I don't know. I'm I'm almost leaning towards having um, Shepeliev as box-to-box and then uh, Shaparenko as the more attack-minded uh, midfielder just because I don't, Shepeliev has next to no creativity, whereas um, Shaparenko does. So for that reason, for box-to-box, I'm going to go with Shepeliev. Uh, Dima, who's, who'd your starting midfielder be at the box-to-box position? Um, yeah, so first of all, I'd like to see... Shaparenko is the player I definitely want to start. Um, no questions asked. Um, next to him... This one, sorry if I'm if I'm you know taking away um you saying who do you want to attack in midfield, but this one it just sort of depends on me because let's assume that Lidnev starts against Mariupol. Depending on how she does, if she does well against Mariupol, I want to see him start against um against Ferenc Varos because you know, like Eric said, Fedilev. I don't, I don't think he's really dynamic enough to be a box-to-box midfielder, and I don't really think he's that creative. Well, he's not really that creative, but you know, Shaparenka box-to-box uh, with his, um, with his, you know, with his usual energy. Um, you know, obviously, I want to see his technique, his passing, all of that. Him, uh, and I would also like to see once again. This is, yeah. Let, let's go. Let's go. A solid place for Lidnev. Um, I want to see Lidnev next to Shaparenko. Uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I go Lidnev at the attacking midfielder position. Uh, Eric, and you said you would put uh, Shaparenko at attacking midfielder, I think, uh, next to Shaparenko. So, yeah, so I, I, I and, and this is something that I didn't even bring up, but I totally agree with what Dima just said. I mean, for me, it's going to be contingent upon the Mariupol game. If Lidnev lays an egg and is invisible, then I, I, I don't want to see him starting the Ferenc Varos mass. But, but if I see him 
showing what we saw for 30 minutes against Vorskla for 60 to 75 minutes in the Mariupol match, then absolutely put him on his attacking mid. And then the front three. Um, I go Tsihankov on the right. I think that's that's a given. Uh, I would go Supriaha through the middle, which also I think is a little bit contingent, like you guys are saying on the Mariupol game. If he gets a goal or two or an assist or at least has a good performance. And personally, I would go Verbich on the left just for a, probably the import, most important game of our season so far. I think we really want to see, or at least I really want to see, uh, Verbich back in his natural position of left winger. Uh, Dima, who would be your front three? First of all, right wing, solid place for Dima Um Probably, our, yeah, he's our best attacker. Um you know, he offers a lot to the team. Uh, he scored against Ferenc Baros in Budapest, of course. Um, as the centre-forward, I think I'd like to see Vjerbic, to be honest. Um, you know, maybe if Supriaha puts in a, a great performance against Mariupol, assuming he even starts, um, then maybe I would be against him. But the thing about Supriaha, you guys remember... Uh, the listeners probably remember his performance in Budapest when he put basically no no effort in at all. And for me, I just I just don't want us to risk um, risk another performance like that from him. Um, so yeah, Vjerbic at centre forward for me. Uh, on the left wing, once again, I'll go for Dukena. Um Once again, he scored against Pirinsvaros um, in Budapest. And once again, you know, you have the usually very accurate crosses um, by him into the box. And I think that's something we need. I wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind seeing Rodriguez as well. But I think for this kind of game, I think Berna is probably better suited. And Eric, who would be your front three? Yeah, I'm going to agree with Dima. Um, I would want to see Zahankov on the right wing, Verbic as the center forward, and then Depena on the left. Um, you know, mostly going off of what we saw, just as Dima said in the previous match, I thought that uh, Depena is, or played very well that match, um, scored. I thought he looked, created a lot of danger down the left wing. I think that he's a, a very accurate crosser of the ball, you know, as we just saw against Borskla. Um, again, he looked good against Fedinchvaros, and I think, you know, no need to fix a system that isn't broken. He was effective against them last time, and I think that he can create more problems this time around. So, yeah, I'd, I'd keep it the same as Dima. And now we'll go to predictions. Dima, what is your prediction for the game against Fedinchvaros? Um, You know, much as I'd like to ask the club, you know, four or five goals past them, I do think that we're going to win this, but I think it's going to be something like 1-0 or maybe 2-0. But my prediction, 1-0 to Dynamo. Uh, Eric, do you have a prediction for our cup final? (sighs) Yeah, like I said, just like Dima said, I'd love to say 3-0. I'm... Yeah... I do. I do think we're going to win it, but I think it's. I think it's going to uh, be a little bit more nervy than it needs to be. Um, I'm going to go with uh, two one. 
I think I, I'm going to agree with you there. I, I'll go 2-1 as well. Um, Dynamo Kiev take on Ferenc Varos the 8th of December at 9 o'clock or 2100 hours local time in Kiev, which is 7 o'clock or uh, 1900 hours in London. Or And on Eastern Standard Time, that is 3 o'clock or 1500 hours. Now, uh, that wraps up today's uh, show. Now, Dima, if anyone wants to get into contact with you, uh, where can they find you? Yeah, if anyone wants to get into contact with me, you know, maybe maybe send me some reasons why Caravaggio can play at left back uh, more often. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at 1927Dima, 1927 is a number, no spaces, um, no full stops, nothing, D-I-M-A. And Eric, where can people uh, get into contact with you? Yeah, so you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Libovic, that's L-E-B-O-V-I-C-H. Um, yeah, I don't have any funny quips this week, so I'll just leave it at that. And if you want to get into contact with me, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Lyshik7, that's L-Y-S-Z-Y-K, and then the number seven. Also, uh, if you want to, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Dynamo Abroad. Uh, DMs are open, so if you have any questions or any comments, feel free to uh, send a message on there. And from everyone here at Dynamo Abroad, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Dynamo.